Cheerio! As human beings, don't we enjoy enjoyment? This is Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists, a podcast of whimsy from Liberty Church Collingswood and libertycollingswood.org. We'll hear from friends as we explore everything from potent potables to morsel delectables, awkward laughables to moment teachables. You'll get lots of different categories, but remember that for each one, there can be only five. Plus a mulligan or two. Five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Hello, everybody. This is Five Golden Things, the Liberty Lists, and we continue to showcase the wide world that God has made with a lot of different topics. We have a very special guest today, Roger Santavanez, who is a dear friend and a part of Liberty Church Collingswood and a poet. So, Roger, how are you doing today? Very good, Jim. I am very uh, grateful to be here with you to talk about poetry. To talk about poetry. So, poetry is something that Roger knows intimately, and that is going to be the subject of today's podcast, Roger's Five Favorite Poems. And you might be wondering, Turtle Doves, why, why Roger talking about poetry? Well, it's because Roger is an expert on the subject. Just by way of introduction, Roger is from Peru and has specialized in Latin American poetry, both studying, teaching, and then also writing. Roger came from University of St. Marcus, studying literature in Peru, and then came up this way to the Philadelphia region, getting his master's and PhD in Latin American poetry from Temple University. Not related to poetry, but maybe it is. That's where he met his wife, Kathy. And he tells me, I didn't realize this, they're celebrating 20 years of marriage this year. And (laughs) Roger, it only gets better, correct? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Yes. And as, as far as what Roger has been doing with poetry, he's been teaching. He has taught poetry many places in our region, from Princeton University to Bennington College to St. Joseph's University, Drexel University, Temple University for 20 years. Roger has been busy with his art, although he is now discharged with honor and retired from from, from the teaching regi- regimen, still writing poems and also writing a memoir, a book, a book of memories, which I would I would love to read. Is will that be in Spanish or first of all in Spanish yes. and then in English, I hope. I would look forward to at least reading the English translation, perhaps struggling through that through the Spanish as well. Roger has published many poems and uh, books of poetry. You can be on the lookout for Saint Rose of Lima, Santa Rosa of Lima published in Mexico, another book, Argolis, coming from Argentina, Aurelia from Madrid, and Roger has taught at, and this is this is quite distinguished, the House of Literature in Lima, Peru, uh, teaching courses there as well. So, Roger, I don't know any better person to ask about poetry than, than you, my friend. And so, here we go. We are going to count down from your fifth favorite poem all the way to number one. 
Let's start with number five. Okay, thank you, Jim. And I want to say hello to everybody, mm -hmm. friends, dear friends of uh, Liberty Church. Yes. So I would like to start with a little poem, which is uh, a fragment, mm -hmm. a part yes. of the first uh, poem of the book Four Quartets, the Four Quartets yes. by T.S. Eliot, the famous, the great American mm -hmm. poet from the times of modernism. Mm -hmm. So this uh, poem is the first part of the first uh, canto mm -hmm. of the book. The title is Burn Norton. Okay. And goes like this. I I want to say apologize for my broken English, but I am gonna try to don't do worry better. <laughs> Burn Norton. Time present and time past are both perhaps present in time future, and time future contained in time past. If all time is eternally present, all time is unredeemable. What might have been is an abstraction remaining a perpetual possibility, only in a world of speculation. What might have been and what has been point to one end, which is always present, footfalls echo in the memory, down the passage which we did not take towards the door we never opened into the rose garden. Hmm. My words echo thus in your mind. That's it. Very part. nice. Roger, thank you for reading. That's gorgeous. And I, so Turtle Doves, I, I have no idea coming into this podcast which poems and poets Roger will be pulling from. Uh, T.S. Eliot is one of my favorite poets as, as well. And tell me why why this poem? What when when did you first when did you first discover it? Is is this a poem that has been with you for a long time? Oh yeah, I discovered this poem when I was like twenty years okay. old hmm. in my country, mm -hmm. and I was uh, trying to read uh, in the original language mm -hmm. in English and with translation in yes. Spanish, so. And I was very interested in this point because of the work about time, mm -hmm. about time. Yes. You know, uh, which is the point of Eliot right. in this poem. Mm -hmm. The past time, present time, the, f the f time future, future mm -hmm. uh, because the time for me is a very, very big mystery. Mm -hmm. The time, for me, is the mystery of life. You know? So that's the reason I was uh, very focusing 
I was very concerned mm-hmm. about this poem because of the pass of time. Mm. Because time is uh, our condition, like human beings. Yes. For everybody, time is going to finish mm-hmm. in some moment. Of course, we, like Christians, we have the hope and yes. the security of a eternal life, mm-hmm. right? But uh, in spite, always is a big, big po- problem for us, like human beings. Absolutely. It's still a mystery. Exactly. Hmm. Thank you for saying the. And you you know Eliot much better than I do, but but that is a frequent theme of his poems in different ways. And uh, often, I wouldn't say every, every week, but what, one of the phrases in my mind when I go home from church on a Sunday, Roger, sometimes is, this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Um, exactly. And I, I would be interested to ask... If you came upon this poem first and were fascinated about time as a twenty-year-old, you you are are only a couple of years older than a twenty-year-old at this point. How how have you how have you thought about time differently over the years, or how does the the Roger Santavanias at your current age? How have you changed in looking at this poem since you've been twenty? I would say, uh, yeah, really, it's like the same problem for me really yeah like when i was 20 years old and what it is today what it is today i mean Mm -hmm. because it doesn't change the the problem for me right the pass of the time in my life and and even for somebody such as elliot in in the excerpt that you just read Time is still time, and the present is still the present. Correct. Whether we're our 20-year-old selves or, or older. Yeah, Elliot say like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the present, time present and time past are both perhaps present, hmm. but in time future, yes. but present also. And, and one of the... <coughs> One of the things that I love about poetry is the way that it expresses these thoughts. Oh, so yeah. I was a philosophy major in, in college and undergraduate. Right. And, I know. And, yeah. and I would read one, one of the disciplines of philosophy is philosophy of time. Of course. And so whether ancient philosophers, Aristotle, the Heraclitus, Greeks. the Greeks, right, would Plato would philosophize much about time, including up to the present day but for for my money Elliot's better than any of the philosophers <laughs> in talking about well, time it's so much more is captured there exactly sometimes uh, some scholars professors say like that I mean the philosophers trying to to get the point mm-hmm. thinking about that Yes, with a lot of uh, <coughs> reflections, uh, right? Deeply uh, reflections, mm-hmm. and the poets 
uh, speak about the same subject, mm-hmm. in this case, for example, the time. Right. But they do in very uh, synthetic form. Yes. And with beauty. Mm-hmm. Because that's the difference between poetry and philosophy. The philo- uh, philosophy is trying to say the truth mm-hmm. of the world, the right. things. And poetry is trying to say maybe the same thing, but with beauty. With yes. beauty. That's the big difference. Yes. You you don't have in philosophy, beauty is truth and truth beauty. You have yeah. it in, in poetry instead. Exactly. Lovely. So thank you for thank you for the Elliot at number five. And what is your number four? Let's keep going. Yeah. Well, for this part, I have uh, another great poet, American poet, mm-hmm. Ezra Pound. Yes. Who is one of really one of my really really favorite poets mm-hmm. all over the world, all over the times. Uh huh. And uh, I choose uh, a few poems from the book by Pound um, named Persona. Okay. Persona. I don't know that one. Which is the the big uh, part of the first times mm-hmm. of his writing okay because uh, his book uh, i mean his uh, most famous book is mm-hmm. the cantos right the cantos i know those yeah which is uh, a great book uh, more than 100 poems right and uh, long poems large poems mm-hmm. but before the the cantos which pound started to write in 1920. Mm-hmm. Before that, from 1908 to 1920, mm-hmm. Pound wrote uh, some several books of poems. And after that, he put together mm-hmm. in one book, these little books, they put together in yes. only one book with the name of Persona, mm. personae, persona. Okay. It's a Greek uh, word, Greek. Uh, right. Uh, Acception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from this part of poems between 1908 and 1912, mm-hmm. I am going to read this little poem. It's a beautiful poem named the tree okay the tree i stood still and was a tree amid the wood knowing the truth of things unseen before of daphne and the laurel bow and that god festing couple old that grew elm oak amid the world was not until the gods had been kindly entreated and been brought within into the heart of their 
hearts home, that they might do this wonder thing. Nightless I have been a tree amid the wood, and many a new thing understood that was wrung folly to my head before. Thank I you. I think a lot of words I didn't say like uh, correctly. It's very good. <laughs> We understand. Well, maybe the other poem I have is is is, is easier to mm -hmm. to say and to understand. Uh, is from this uh, book of Ezra Pound. Uh, yeah, it's another little poem. Uh, name it a girl. A girl. Girl, yeah. So would this be number three? Exactly. Okay. A girl. The tree has entered my hands. The sap has ascended my arms. The tree has grown in my breast. Downward. The branches grow out of me like arms. Tree, you are. Moss, you are. You are violets with wind above them, a child so high you are, and all this is folly to the world. Hmm. Yeah, it's a kind of, uh, well, uh, countryside situation. Mm -hmm. Like the poet is thinking about this landscape, which is very important for him. Mm -hmm. But not for the world, the rest of the world. That's, that's the reason he say in the last verse, and all this is folly to the world. You know? I mean, yes. bec because he, he went to say the look for beauty is the point for a poet. Mm -hmm. He's looking for beauty. That is like his dream. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this this doesn't matter for the for the world, you know. Something like that. So, so that's both the uh, the nobility and the tragedy of beauty. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. I I love those two poems. Is there is there an intended connection, or do you see a connection between? the tree of the first poem and the same image in this one? I think so. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the same uh, atmosphere. Hmm. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and did I hear that the word that folly also appeared in the first, in the, tr in the tree poem too? Yeah, folly, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, the next poem. Okay. What I have here. It's a very funny poem because it has a kind of little social critic. Okay. Uh, which is w was very interesting for Pound. Yes. The poem, the title of the poem is The Garret. The Garret. G-A-R-R-E-T. Oh, okay. It says, come, 
let us pity those who are better of than we are. Come, my friend, and remember that the rich have butlers and no friends. Mm. And we have friends and no butlers. <laughs> Come, let us pity the married and the unmarried. Down enters with little feet like a gilded, gilded pavlova. Uh-huh. And I am near my desire, nor has life in the out better than this hour of clear coolness, the hour of walking together. It's a love poem also. Yes. Well, if you see the last part. The clear coolness walking together. Exactly. The clear coolness when we uh, walk together with your couple yes in the in the down mm-hmm. when we when the sun rises exactly yeah again this 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 poem is new to me that the first part of the poem i agree is really funny so the, <laughs> i i i think i'll add to my to my repertoire that that the rich have butlers and no friends <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. It's a great verse. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And and so it's okay for us to have friends but no butlers. We can get by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because the biography of Pound, I mean, the point in the biography is mm-hmm. in those days, Pound was living in London or Paris. Right. In the beginning of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And he... He hasn't too much money, you know. Right, right. He was living in, in a garret. Yep. So, okay, well, this is a kind of a little social critic, no? For sure. Yeah. The, <laughs> made for pound. I've, I've, I've about read, the society, no? Absolutely. So I've, I've read here and there about the expatriate American poets in London and. And Paris, either pre World War One or between World War One and World War Two, would would you have enjoyed that seed? Those times, yes. Uh, yeah, it was the, the the times of the between the the first war and the second war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the times of the lost generation. Yes, in Paris, right? Mm-hmm. Hemingway, Faulkner, Scott right. Fitzgerald. Yes. Gertrude Stein, yeah, she was who named you are a lost generation. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, nice times. Here, here we are reading about it. When, if if you were around twenty years old when you encountered first the Eliot poem, where, where were at what stage of your life were you when you came across these po- poems by Pound? Yeah, almost in the same time. Okay. When I was twenty, twenty-five. Hmm. In my studies of American poetry, mm. because I I love it, American poetry all my life. Right. Mm. Because it's a great poetry. I mean, the the American uh, modern poetry from the times of modernism. Mm-hmm. You have a great poets like Pound, Eliot, and William Carlos Williams. Yes. Um, Hart Crane. Uh, Wallace Stevens, E.E. Mm-hmm. E. Cummings, yes, magnificent poets. 
That was and the golden lady age. Also, Marianne Moore. I don't know her. Yeah, she's okay. great. Is the only lady of this group, the famous huh. uh, poet from the modernism times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and and this is this is way back in in high school for me, Roger. But I mm. I remember studying English poetry or from England and the United States, and I remember transitioning from and there there are poets in between, but but from the English Romantics, oh, and yeah. and then oh my god, yeah. and and then the you're fabulous the twentieth century modernists. I was struck by how different they. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they're yeah, complete, yeah. not too far apart, not they, too far they, apart age-wise. They, age they wise, made the revolution, yes. the poetry revolution, the modernists, mm-hmm. because the romantics are are absolutely great. Mm-hmm. They like poets like Wordsworth, right? Uh, Coleridge, all day, and of course the three biggest: Lord Byron, mm-hmm. Shelley, and John Keats. Yes. But in the 20th century, um, the modernists, they make a, a revolution yes. in the expression of poetry. And, and it, really, it really felt like a revolution and, and read like a revolution. Yeah. I, I enjoy the modernists more than the, more than the romantics. Okay. But, <laughs> but they're all gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. The, with... with um, a couple other questions about these pound poems. Connecting the tree to the Eliot poem. Uh, tree is another image that interacts with time. Yes, I think so. Because the the tree stays throughout throughout different ages. So are are those similar threads of, of fascination there for you as well? Yes, of course. Because not only not only what you're saying, mm-hmm. but uh, the seasons, the yep. seasons. I like the seasons. How the season, which mm-hmm. is the time, how the seasons make the changes mm-hmm. in the trees. Yes, like fall, summer, spring, mm-hmm. winter. It's totally different, and I like to walk around the Cooper River Park. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the border of the river, mm-hmm. writing poems and oh, do you? I didn't know that. Yeah, and watching the hmm. the the changes in in the in, in the gardens, hmm. the trees, you know, in the river, right? In the birds singing, all that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it it I love that. It's always beautiful this time of year. And I so if if you're Cooper River, for those that are local to Collingswood, we're bounded on one side by the Cooper River and on the other side by Newton Lake. I, I spend more time at Newton Lake. Oh, okay. And the other side on the other side, but the hear, hearing the birds come out in the springtime every, every year is is is, is, nice. is wondrous. Our Wonderful. Turtle doves, you should know that that Rogers favorite time of year and season is winter when it's frigidly cold that's his that's his i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) well the winter is very hard for me because i I am from the tropics i know south america Mm. and my my city down it's uh, very very uh, hot yes because it's it's close to the equator Mm -hmm. the line of equator i mean yes so yeah but 
far, uh, with the years, with the pass of the years, I I think I I am learning to to love oh, winter. Really? Yeah, winter. Uh, I mean, the winter have its own uh, beauty. It right? does. It has a still beauty. Yeah. So I think right now I I I love winter at least more than before. <laughs> How about that? And 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 you also get more of a difference in seasons when you have when you have more of a winter as well. Right, 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 right. I can see the, the changes, mm -hmm. which is nice for me. Yes, because uh, I like to write poems for each season. Oh. I do that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I I, I like write a group or collection of, mm -hmm. of poems for each season. Oh, really? Yeah, winter poems, autumn poems summer poems hmm. uh, spring poems of course oh some some of my favorite collections and series of art of paintings are paintings that are in, and the philadelphia museum of art has i forgot oh, i'm blanking out on the painter but the four seasons and and yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. so there there are different different artists that will paint similar Similar settings, but in right. four, four different seasons. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're always yeah. always gorgeous. Nice. Yeah. Well, Roger, we have number one uh, that awaits us. Yeah. So for the number one, uh, I I have a very nice nice poem, maybe in relationship with what we are okay. speaking talking right now. The poem is from a, a excellent poet, American poet, mm -hmm. Theodore Ritke. Yes, Rilke. Yeah, Ritke. Okay. Yeah, he's great, you know. Yes. He he was living in the in the 20th century from 1908 to 1963. Okay. And, well, I am going to read his poem. The title of the poem is The Walking. The Walking. The Walking. I strolled across an open field. The sun was out. It was happy. This way, this way. The rain strode shimmered, either to other. The blossoms sang. The stones sang. The little ones did, and flowers jumped like small goats. A ragged fringe of daisies waved. I wasn't alone in a grove of apples, far in the wood, the nestling thicked, the dew loosened its morning smells. I came where the river ran over stones. My ears knew an early joy, and all the waters of all the streams sang in my veins that summer day. Mm about the summer. That's gorgeous. The, f the first moments in the day, I guess. Mm -hmm. When you are uh, walking and watching all this uh, stuff. Uh, when, he, when he said, I strolled across an open field. Mm -hmm. The open field, that's the 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 point the sun was out 
he was happy. Mm. Hot in the summer, right? Yes. Yeah. The stones sang. The stone was singing. Mm -hmm. The little ones did. And flowers jumped like small goats. I love that line. Yeah. It is nice, very nice. Yeah, the world is, is I mean, it's a kind of better in poetry, I guess. Yes. The, the, <laughs> those phrases absolutely sing. The dew loosened the morning smells. And the then, sound delicate. Absolutely. And and how the poem towards the end goes from the outside to the inside, uh, connecting the rivers that sang in my veins. Correct. That inside of the body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very interesting point because it's a kind of, uh, I mean, it's... Uh, very very important in poetry the outside goes mm -hmm. into your inside in mm. your soul right that's the moment of poetry when you transformed the external world in your interior world that's the kit i i think in mm. poetry mm. Roger, that's wonderful. I don't, I don't have more to say than that. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much. Uh, it is a very, very nice moment for me. Thank you, really. The, the, the honor and the pleasure is mine. So thank you so much for this time. And I'll tell all of our listeners, you should read more poetry than you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. You're, you're that's a good... Uh, Consejo. Yes. Consoling. You're a good consoler. <laughs> <laughs> well, read more poetry, do yourself a favor, and Roger, thank you. Thank you so much again. And the what I what I see in these poems I see reflected in you. So it's an honor to share this time together. Thank you, Jim, and thank you for everybody in Liberty Church, always. Amen. Amen. Wow. That was definitely a top five episode of Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. And remember, kids, schadenfreude ain't just a river in Egypt. Wait in the water a little deeper anytime at libertycollingswood.org and find us at the usual socials. Make us a top five follow, and you'll always be our number one. Toodle pip. <laughs>